Welcome to the final episode, season two of Not Your Average Cricket Show, where we're hitting traditional cricket commentary for six. I'm Zoe George. And I'm Justin Gregory. What a hell of a game of cricket we just watched, hitting traditional World Cup finals for six. Let's all just breathe in and out for a moment, eh? (laughs) It was incredible. I don't think I've ever seen a cricket game like that before. No, I can't I can't remember a final like that or a game of cricket like that at all ever. No. Yeah. It was... Cricket was the winner on the day. <laughs> hmm, would we be saying that if the Black Caps won though? Well, I'd like to think so because, uh, I mean, you know, that was a, a tremendous piece of sport today and played mm. in just the right attitude and just the right way. You've got to, you know, put your hand up and say, look, cricket was the winner. Good That's Lord. Very England true. won, cricket was the winner. And if you're not a cricket fan now, well, then when are you going to be a cricket fan? Uh, and speaking of fans, our co-host this time is a massive cricket fan herself and has guested on the show last season actor Karen O'Leary, more well known as Officer O'Leary from Wellington Paranormal. Kia ora. Oh, kia ora. Thanks for having me here. And uh, cricket was the winner of the day. Uh, well, let's be honest, though, the Black Caps weren't. It's a bit of a shame and I'm feeling a little bit sad, <laughs> to be honest. I'm going to, you know, put my heart on the sleeve there. Are the kids at your place going to be in for a bit of a rough day today? Well, luckily we're closed this week, so oh. I don't really care what they're doing. Um, <laughs> obviously they'll be at home playing cricket, hopefully. Um, but yeah, we don't have to look after them today, so that's that's good. Nice. And you've got your cricket shirt on again. So Absolutely. last season you yep. turned up. It's a, it's a sweatshirt, grey with white stripes. It's got a cricket bat and ball. It's a fantastic shirt to wear today. It's amazing, yeah. Do you actually wear it when you're not watching cricket? I wear it all the time. Do yeah, you? Yeah, it's my favourite juicy. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, did you, did you get manage to bring one for me this time? Um, I'm just yeah. Talk to my uh, my partner about that. She's okay. she's just in the sewing room right now. Um, oh, gr- whipping up one for you and Justin. Oh, yeah. I was going to say just the one. No, I didn't, yeah. no, there's two coming, so don't you worry about that. And one for Grant. Where, where is he? He's supposed to be here now, is he? <laughs> yeah. So later on in the show, we're going to cross to Grant Robertson, who's thick in the Swamped action off to the UK. <laughs> he was. He? Yes, yeah. he was meant to be in the studio with us today, but he's actually gone off to the UK to watch the Black Caps. So we're going to cross to him later in the show, and we'll also chat with Ravinda Hunia and, of course, our regular correspondent on the ground, former Black Cap. Ian O'Brien. Ian, what a game! <laughs> yeah, what a game indeed. That was um, that's an absolute treat. As a as a cricket fan first, uh, yeah, thank you very much. That's that's why I mean that's why I love this game. All right, well, let's do we want to break it down? Let's talk about our batting first. We won the toss, elected to bat. Was the was that the right decision in these conditions on this pitch? I yes. think we would have struggled batting second on this pitch. Um, we saw in uh, in Durham, okay, the, the pitch changed a whole lot more in the in the Durham game versus England. That batting second was was pretty hard with with our batting lineup. I think uh, New Zealand batting first was the right option because I don't think uh, New Zealand batting second was going to. I think that would have been very tough. So right option, and uh, and, and England bowled superbly well, and then New Zealand came out and bowled superbly well. So it was um, it just worked out uh, worked out wonderfully. Yeah, well, who... you, know, you know what I mean? Worked out wonderful game of cricket. <laughs> Originally, I was like, "Well, is two forty one actually going to be possible to defend?" Well, they kind of did and kind of didn't. But we saw that against India, you know. This so, is so true. we had to have confidence in that. And I think Kane Williamson again did what he needed to do for the team in those conditions, and he chose well. I think it was the, absolutely the right decision for the Black Caps. Mm, and Martin Gupdal coming in, opening again for New Zealand, scoring twice almost as many was runs. Off. As he was almost off, wasn't he? You're like, oh, come on, Guppy. You know, I was like feeling for Laura McGoldrick. Like she was obviously, you know, she's like, I just. I just really felt for her as well, um, and he almost had it there, almost got to 20. Um, but look, 19 was a good effort on the day. 
Yeah. Thank you, Karen. That was very diplomatic. Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> I, felt, I felt sorry for Ross Taylor. I did, because Martin Guptill used uh, our review up early on, uh, and then poor old Ross Henry Taylor. Henry Nichols used our review up yeah, early on, I Yeah, that was on, a terrible review. It was a terrible <laughs> review. Look, what were they? Yeah. What were they thinking? Okay, so they set a, a defendable target. Let's talk about them with the ball. It was a little slow going at first, but saying that, the very first ball they appealed uh, for an LBW went upstairs and, oh gosh, it was close. It kind of set the tone for the rest of the innings, didn't it, Ian? Yeah, it was sad, wasn't it? Like, um, yeah, first ball of the innings and it's 48% hitting the stumps and Erasmus has given it not out. Um that's cricket, and that's that's why we that's why we love cricket because there's still you know, even when umpires get them wrong or right, and we still have TV replays. There's still conjecture that we can still discuss um, you know, cricket at, at the end of the game, and it's um and it's marvellous. Just go just quickly. It was Guptill that used up the the, the review. Um, it was, on Henry uh, Nichols' yeah, advice was what I was. Yeah, yeah. It was obviously Guptill who put his hand up. I felt like he was getting bad advice from Henry Nichols, which was what I was <laughs> making that comment on the basis uh, of. And then, and then the no, line... that's one of those things, isn't it? There was that review. Um, you should have got to go with what you feel, and mm. and there was an element of Guptill's luck was 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 maybe turning. He looked, he looked. A lot better at the start mm. of that innings as well, um, and so he was a big wicket for New Zealand. If Guptill goes, New Zealand wins that, uh, and if Guptill uh, doesn't, then it, it's a bit tough. I felt like for the most part we made, we made England play to our game plan today, particularly when we were bowling to them. They bowled very well to us when we batted, but we went we didn't allow England to be the explosive, exciting England that they usually are. Would you agree? Oh, wholeheartedly. I think um, we we know. Uh, just through stats, that New Zealand has the best bowling attack in this World Cup. And, and I think that the final showed uh, visually and, and qualitatively that New Zealand has the best bowling uh, lineup in the competition. Uh, Bolt just been phenomenal. Matt Henry, um, I know there's been people that, uh, that have, that have uh, not enjoyed some of, some of his bowling styles. I think he's been amazing. I think he's he been the, the guy that helped against Jason um, Roy. the New Zealand bowling attack together. Uh, and then, and then Lockie Ferguson, three for and, and Sattler, and what um, what the Gronholm did today. Absolutely, New Zealand dictated, and New Zealand got um, England to play uh, the way that we wanted that New Zealand team wanted them to play. It was it was great bowling and, and some some sensational field placements actually, um, where the boys were, were were out in the park, almost pinpoint in terms of where the ball was getting hit. That's some pretty good bowling, and that's some pretty good scouting. Super over. Uh, I think, I don't know how you're all feeling right now, but my heart is still up in <laughs> in my mouth. It was exciting stuff. Did we make the right decision for bowler and batsman, Ian, for our super overs? Uh, yes, I think we did. Um, I was... It's all, there, there is no right decision. That's, that, that's the problem as well, because no matter what happens, someone's going to be a, a, a hero or someone's going to be a zero. And there was no uh, right decision. I love that how New Zealand backed Guppy, how the black, how mm. um, Martin Guppy was, was chosen. I love it. Just that they just keep backing him, and because he is that good, and um, and, and I enjoyed that. The, the bowling, I don't think it could have been anyone else other than Trent Bolt. I just think it was. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a, a great, great scenario. You do realise oh, I have to go to sleep at some stage tonight. I don't know how I'm going to with um, with this sort of 
days anxiety and adrenaline running through <laughs> and still sort of yet to be diffused. Yeah, well, we're, we've been up since last night, many of us, yeah. and uh, I think we're going to need a cup of tea and a lie down quite soon, but there's a few uh, people wandering I'll around. i work after this. Oh, yeah, yeah mm. me too. Well, I am at work. Oh, yeah, uh, oh, so am I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I imagine, Ian, I imagine most of England is feeling the way you are right now. I wonder whether, in terms of participation in sport for the game inside England and Wales, this will be another Ashes 2005 moment for them, won't it? Brilliant tweet. Now, just a little bit earlier on, uh, the last time cricket was on free-to-air TV was 2005 Ashes. So, if you go right. from 2005 Ashes free-to-air TV, and then today free-to-air TV, you must think cricket is amazing. Like <laughs> that's been the only free-to-air cricket. And so, if that's the last two little two little snippets of, of free-to-air cricket, then um, there's no reason that um, cricket shouldn't be uh, picked up on. There's there's some real heroes uh, in terms of performance, in terms of players, and uh, and across both teams in this game and while Ben Stokes has had some issues uh, off the field he's um, as a player he is just immensely strong Um, that that guy is unbelievable Uh, and then uh, the leaders the two leaders of the teams um, fantastic players and and, and wonderful leaders Owen Morgan and and Kane Williamson that was a damn good advertisement for cricket all in fairness across the cultures across the races and and as as a sporting Hey, we're also going to cross to Ravinda Hunia on, uh, who's been at Lords all day. She's got, she's been super busy. She's all over the show, so we're going to grab her for five minutes. Kia ora, Ravinda. Kia ora, Zoe. Uh, welcome to Not Your Average Cricket Show. What a game! And you had a, a perfect spot right at the base uh, of the media centre at Lords. What was the atmosphere like at the game? Well, I'll tell you what. It probably wasn't until maybe the second half of the Black Caps. Uh, innings, it started to to kick in to a lot of people that, okay, my team can actually win a World Cup trophy here. Um, and, and, and maybe the ale uh, helped as well, <laughs> uh, and the fun. Um, but yeah, it got to a point where the game was so close that no one could really call it, and the crowd was, a lot of the time, very, very silent, and I think quite humble in wanting their team to to win but not trying to get too far ahead of themselves in case they didn't. So that that was the kind of tense atmosphere that was experienced today and it wasn't until that super over kicked in that was when it really got going. No one knew what a lot of people haven't heard what a super over actually is. Mm. The media had to quickly do their homework to check out, you know, all the rules and, you know, how the heck are we going to report this if we don't quite <laughs> understand what it means. Um, but in the end, yeah, we all know the result. But, um, yeah, an exciting day, um, a happy day, a sad day. It was all the emotions you could think of all wrapped into one today. It really was. What about those hard-bitten old pros in the press room there with you? Did they lose their cool at the end of the result? No, no, everyone was quite uh, prim and proper and uh, kept their... As they would be at Lords, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Like all those guys that you have to walk past when you go into the, onto the ground. Where was all the women in that section? Yeah. That's what I want to know. All it those was, men in their nice ties. A, <laughs> uh, no, it was more of a, um, a sense of amazement because pretty much, you know, where the Super Over started, it was back to square one. And um, after New Zealand's... Um, come back with India starting the next day. We all know that, you know, New Zealand can, you know, come back um, refreshed and and, um, win a big game. So uh, it was nerve-wracking and and everyone was just holding on. And it wasn't until... I think one of the English players did a starfish on the field was when it kicked in for everyone that it in fact happened. 
Uh, we're joined by Ravinda Hunia and Ian O'Brien to talk about today's final of the ICC Cricket World Cup between England and the Black Caps. Uh, Ian, what's the feeling like for you? You live in England, but you're a Kiwi. Whose side were you on today? Uh, look, I had a, I had a couch, full of, uh, couch full of Kiwis. I had mum and dad are over at the moment. My sister lives in Leeds. She came down for her um, her English husband and, and English nephew, and we had a uh, we had a pretty cool uh, TV watching uh, watching party here. And it was my sister kept looking at me when England were hitting boundaries. It was she was like, well, what, "Why?" It's like because it's good cricket. Because it's cool. Because there was there was just something happening. It kept sort of switching one way and then sort of going back the other. And in the super over when um, they hit the four with, uh, I think it was three or four balls to go and, and the four was hit. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm like, New Zealand are probably going to lose it now, but this is just awesome. So for me, it was it was just an amazing game of cricket. I'm, I'm disappointed that New Zealand didn't win it or, or couldn't, or didn't lose either. I'm disappointed that New Zealand were champions, but um, for me, as a cricket fan, that was just, uh, as I've already said, that was a spectacle. That was um, that was great. There was uh, amazing atmosphere just in my lounge, which is, um, I, can't, I can't even dream of, um, dream to imagine what it was like at the ground. I'm terribly jealous. Shall we turn briefly to that whole vexed issue of, of boundaries versus uh, runs or wickets deciding the game? I don't have a problem with it. It's the it's the rules we started the competition with. That's just what it is. Mm. And I guess if you're more sort of if you're more towards batsmen, you would say that encourages attacking and attractive play. If you're more towards bowlers, you could go well. Bowling and taking wickets is pretty exciting too. Where do we come down? I don't mind it, it, it because it was laid out before the tournament started, um, and so we shouldn't complain about it in the way that we shouldn't complain that one. If you finish first, you should you should get an extra life like India. Mm. That sort of come out of India that they wanted the they didn't think that, that was fair. Now it, it, that's how it was at the start of the tournament, and I don't mind it. But then when you, we sort of break it down a little bit, the team that hits the most boundaries also faces the most dot balls. So we're actually praising dot balls. Um, if the team hits the most boundaries wins, then I'm not sure that is quite right. I would like to see the most balls scored off, maybe as a percentage, as a, mm. as a as something along those lines. Look, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. But at the same stage, I also think New Zealand were eight down at the end of their 50 overs. Things that were all out. So did we even need to go to a super over because wickets in hand? Maybe there's something else there because that used to be part of the uh, part of the regulations. Wickets at hand at the end of the game, if a tie, would go to the team that had the had lost the fewest. There's a few different permutational combinations on that. Um, can't complain about it, but I think that, I think you, there may be a difference the next time the, the tournament happens. And I also think we may see a, a slight law change, rule change on the um, when a when a throw hits a hits a batsman's uh, bat or body and, and goes over the boundary. I think we may see a sort of a dead ball scenario on that, possibly. Ravinda, what's your take? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you right now, the, the feedback that we've had is uh, the New Zealand fans are filthy about the rule and the English fans are <laughs> quite new fans of it. They didn't know the rule before and, and they quite, quite like it. <laughs> but um, I think I heard Ian saying earlier that um, he agreed with uh, Martin Guptill coming in to that um, final New Zealand pairing, you know, nominated to be in that final pairing. And in a super over situation, and this is from what I've heard from the experts who do know all about these super overs, is that Martin Gupta was put in there a lot for his batting, yes, but for his speed also Between on the run. The and, and that's yeah. what you need in these overs. You know, you need to you need to have speed to score those runs, and, and that's what he did there. And, and 
uh, unfortunately, it was um, his comeuppance in the end where he was um, a bit short on the end. But, um, you know, it, it, it changes up the strategy a little bit and nears it all down. And I'm one of those ones that, you know, the all in the rules are the rules. And um, I, I support it. I didn't know what a super over was, to be honest, until today. Uh, a lot of us didn't. But, um, yeah, I think if there's anything to be looked at, it would probably be the overall result. How do, you know, if a game ends in a draw again, is there an actual winner here? And how do we confirm in a World Cup grand final of, you know, of, of a true winner? All right, we're going to let you go and go get some sleep, both of you, Ian and Ravinda. But before we leave, final words on the game. Ian, you first. Uh, I loved it. Proud cricket fan. Uh, this World Cup has actually sort of reignited my uh, love uh, for cricket. And this, this New Zealand team is winning dirty, winning as, as, as tough as they have done, has, has really uh, given me a lot of a lot of heart. I've enjoyed their, their attitudes and, and how they've gone about it. And look, cricket's just been... To, this final was it's an unbelievable game, and to be a part of it as a as a fan, as a cricket lover, that's um, that's pretty cool. Thanks for having me. Oh, go get some sleep. And Ravinda, how about you? What's your final words on the game? Well, as of today, I've done a full loop of the UK following the Black Caps, and I couldn't be more honoured and feeling quite blessed to be a part of this journey and um, to be counting today only oh, one of three women uh, amongst all these. Um, male experts um, on cricket. I, I feel really privileged to have been a part of it and commiserations to the Black Cap. Thanks so much, Ravinda, Ravinda Hunia and Ian O'Brien talking to us from the UK. Uh, and we're going to cross again very soon to the UK to Grant Robertson. We're joined by Karen O'Leary as our co-host today. Yes. Kia ora. Thank oh, you so I'm much so again. I'm so happy to be here, obviously, after having no sleep whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, we're all kind um, of so running on coffee. It's my absolute coffee. pleasure. Um, you know, but I was just thinking, actually, just about what Ravinda was saying. Would you, if you were Kane Williamson, would you put yourself in in the? Uh, he was padded I wonder, up. He, I know. This is what I'm wondering about. Mm. You know, and just in terms of like, obviously, full credit for putting Gupta in, um, and he obviously is very quick between the wickets. But so is Kane Williamson. What would you know? I wonder if what was going through his head. Mm. Did he want to choose himself, but didn't want to, you know, make him, you know, like say I'm the big superstar? Mm. I think there were two on? things going on behind the selection of um, Martin Guptill for the Super Rover. He can hit a long ball. That's his job mm. at the top of the innings, and his speed between the wickets. Kane Williamson can too, and I thought he was the logical choice to be the next person in should a wicket fall. Mm. I think they got the choice just right, and I really, I was in a bizarre sort of way, incredibly proud of Owen Morgan backing Joffrey Archer to bowl that super over. Mm. I just thought that's captaincy at its finest. You know, you go, you mate, I reckon you can do the job. Yes, you knew, but she'd been outstanding. Let's do it. And then that first wide ball, well, you know, <laughs> release of tension. Yeah. <laughs> but then he bowled superbly. We were all after excited that. after that first wide. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't so applaud wide in the bag. Like, yeah, come on. <laughs> And uh, I was watching Jimmy Neesham thinking, this could be the end to your fairy tale, Jimmy. You had to watch the World Cup from the stands the last time. You could win it for his hair. How amazing would this be? And I thought he was going to do so it for close. us too. He went so yeah. close. Yeah. Let's just touch on something else that Ravinda said. Only one of three women in the media box. Are we surprised by this? Sadly, no. Um, you know, but good that she said there's lots of male experts. You know, I think that's probably just lots of mansplainers. Um, but again, you know, this is—I guess this is something that we need to think about. You know, moving forward in cricket mm. and in the game, looking at lords when they—you know—when you're walking out and there is that big bunch of guys with their ties on, and yeah. I imagine that women probably aren't even allowed to sit in that area. Well, yes, it was interesting looking at that, wasn't it? Uh, it was all men of a particular age wearing a particular wearing and of a particular colour. Oh, yes, of a particular colour. There was a lack of women in the members' stand. Yeah, yeah. it was slightly I'm, disappointing. I'm not 
not going to defend the MCC, but the waiting list to become a member there yes. is incredibly long, which is one of the reasons why only people of a certain age become members. <laughs> it's not obviously so the reason why only now. people of a... You should, yeah. I'm going to get on the list. Yeah. yeah. It costs a lot it's of not, money to be on the list. It does. I've got heaps of money now <laughs> these days. This is true. Now, that, not, now that I'm not a teacher, now that I'm an actor, I'm totally rolling totally. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good, good career choices. <laughs> well, I, I wonder where... Uh, Public minister, service broadcaster. <laughs> I wonder where Sports Minister Grant Robertson was sitting during the game. He joins us on the phone now. Kia ora, Grant. Oh, kia ora. I wasn't in the pavilion or the members area, sadly. Uh, um, I'm, not, I'm not old enough. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously not, Grant. <laughs> what? No, I was, in, I was in a very, I was in a, in a box, uh, corporate box thingy um, run by the English Cricket Board. So it had all sorts of interesting people in it, including Theresa May and um, I saw her in the- former UK Prime Minister John Major and somewhat ironically, hilariously, Steve Waugh. After I had a few yes. Oh, yeah, I did see him there. Yeah, so that was. Did you have a chat? Um, Were any words exchanged? We shook hands, said hello, <laughs> passed some pleasantries. That may have been about the extent of it. <laughs> did you have sandpaper in your hands when you shook his hand? Yeah, exactly. should have. have. That yeah, would have been no. a good trick, eh? <laughs> yeah, no, he was, He was. yeah, there were some yeah, interesting folks there. I watched the game side on, which is really interesting. Mm. I, when I go to cricket, I, I don't like watching the game side on usually. I like watching it from the end, you know, one mm. of the, an end. But um, actually it was, yeah, it was, I mean, it was just the most incredible experience, sporting experience mm. anyway of my life. You know? What was it like being in that ECB box with all those cricket fans, all those English cricket fans and those final overs? Oh yeah, well myself and the um, acting high commissioner here um, certainly made our presence known in those <laughs> final overs. I think I think we did it in keeping with the occasion. But yeah, we were getting pretty intensely excited. And and interestingly, you know, all of any any because it was next door to the um, ICC um, area, and any neutral party was certainly backing New Zealand. And that is one of the. The things about New Zealand, I think we're everybody's second favourite team, and and that's, there's good reasons for that. I think it's partly to do with the way that we play cricket, and that was on show today as well. And yeah, so now there was there was plenty of support right around where we were, but basically it was a stadium full of English people, so you can imagine what it was like. What was the highlight for you in the game? Oh God, um, I'm still processing the whole thing. I mean, I honestly believe it's the most. Ex- it, it is the most extraordinary game of one-day cricket I, I can think of um, in, in both men's and women's formats. It's, um, you know, it, it just had absolutely everything in it. I just think it was, for me, it was the way in the partnership between um, Ben Stokes and Joss Butler felt like it was going to win the game for England almost relatively easily. And there was just a period, and I was watching Kane Williamson, and he often does this. He goes and talks to Ross Taylor, and he talks to Tom Latham. And they were cooking up plans for how to break the partnership. And then each wicket from there was so thought out. You could just see everything they did to get there. And it was just that the ebbs and flows of cricket. I just saw it flowing back towards us. And then, you know... Cricket's a game of centimetres and, you know, the back of Trent Bolt's heel standing on the thing. Why didn't he flick it to seconds earlier to Martin Guptill? You know, the width of Ben Stokes's bat, you know. I mean, it's just, there are so many moments in the game. Yeah, it was pretty exciting, I must admit. Um, so our attention now is going to turn from the Black Caps to the White Ferns, New Zealand's hosting the 2021 Women's Cricket World Cup. Uh, what's the government's involvement in this? 
Yeah, so we've supported um, the bid um, for it, and and you know got in behind them with all of all of what we can do to get there. So that's the first thing. So we're excited that they've got it, and we'll now be working with um, New Zealand Cricket on maximising all of the opportunities that the tournament gives for promoting um, cricket and especially cricket for women and young and girls. Um, the great thing about ICC tournaments is they kind of come almost pre-packaged, if you know what I mean. And so um, it's actually more opportunity than, than what we have to do to make sure the tournament works. You know, that's all picked up by the ICC. So really our focus is on, well, how do we how do we make sure we use this opportunity to showcase women's cricket? Um, as we've talked about before, um, the, from my point of view, the women and girls in sports strategy, you know, it's number one priority, and this fits right in the middle of our four-year, or not in the middle, but towards the end of our four-year hosting of the International Working Group mm-hmm. on Women in Sport. And so I think we've got to use this as an opportunity to leverage, you know, the profile. So we'll be doing everything we can to do that, and, and um, you'll hear some more details of that over the over the next little while. Minister for Sport Grant Robertson is our guest. The government has put $10 million towards women in sport over the next three years. What are you hoping that this amount of money will achieve? Yeah, well, that's on top of, of obviously all the money that currently goes into to various sports, and um, this is extra money really focused around two parts. The first of those is, is activating more in the recreation space for um, for particularly teenage um, um, girls and, and young women, where we see significant drop-offs in participation particularly. So we've, we've put out there uh, um, a call for innovative projects um, that will fund, that will you know pilot ideas or, or push on in areas where we can support um, young women to stay in sport or just stay in active recreation generally. And so that's a big focus for us, um, but obviously we've also got the you know the other two parts of of our strategy, which are around increasing the visibility of um, of, of women in sport. And so we've you know done a few things there already, sponsored um, some awards and prizes, um, but also um, we're moving towards a, a major event. Um, I think it's in October um, around this, which is we're organising along with Shift and a couple of other. Um, groups yeah, to, to really highlight the valuing of, of women in sport. I'm doing some work with Mel Robinson and the wonderful group mm-hmm. around how we might be able to maximise that. And then um, the other part of the other third part of the strategy is is the one that focuses around um, around governance. And we've obviously set the target that we want 40% um, either gender on on at least on each uh, governing board of a national sporting organisation um, and we're working through that at the moment. Um, that's got to be done by the end of 2021 and, and some NSO um, governing bodies are well advanced but others aren't and so there's a lot of work to do there. So all three of those things get picked up and obviously the, the funding will be announced shortly around those um, innovation funds. Officer O'Leary, I think you have a question, don't you? I do indeed, actually, for you, Grant. Um, obviously, um, I appreciate all your sentiments around getting women actively involved in sport. Um, I think one of the best ways we can do that is by having our Prime Minister as a uh, leading role model in sport. So if Jacinda was going to play a sport for New Zealand, um, obviously it wouldn't be fishing, surely not. I mean, is that even a sport? It's just a <laughs> pastime, isn't it? What do you think Jacinda would... Well, look, I've talked to Clark, and it's apparently it's just like you just do it for fun, don't you? But if Jacinda was going to represent New Zealand in any given sport, what do you think it would be? A really good question. Um, Thank you. I know she played played well, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, I thought I should throw that compliment in there right at the outset. Well, because you know what politicians do when they say that's a really good question. They don't know the answer. <laughs> I do the same thing. Yeah. Now we've managed to now we've managed to have this out for at least fifteen seconds. Uh, yeah. no, look, I think you know. I know that Cindy used to play a bit of hockey and a bit of netball, mm, so she might mm. be interested in those. 
funnily enough, the first sport that came into my head when you said that was, um, this is going to sound really weird. Water polo. Croquet. 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 Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, because croquet is incredibly strategic. Mm. And mm. Um, you also knock your opponent's balls out of the way as well. It's always a good thing to do, isn't it, Grant? Just leave that hanging there for a second. So that's good, yeah. Uh, the parliamentary cricket team's over there in the UK at the mm. moment. Um, Grant, when do your games start and what are you expecting to happen? Um, that's all, all, all wrapped up, actually. And the New Zealand parliamentary team, um, you know, they certainly, you know, competed strongly. And you lost, didn't well. you? Um, <laughs> yeah, they lost everything. And, um, but, you know, they really enjoyed themselves. And most of the team was actually at the game um, today, so I caught up with them. And um, they were pretty focused on the Black Caps' performances, but they... Did run me through a few of their personal highlights from uh, the games they played. It would be fair to say some of the other parliamentary teams took it all a bit more seriously. So the Pakistani and Indian teams were sort of stocked full of county cricket players in the UK. So it was um, it was a little bit uh, a little bit difficult for our team. Oh, we've been trying to organise a parliamentary versus media mm. cricket game. Um, I I put up my hand to be the drinks runner. <laughs> I think I was the umpire, wasn't I? Was yeah, you were the, the umpire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we have to organise that at some stage. Yeah, I think you'd open the bowling, wouldn't you, Grant? You'd open the bowling? No, not necessarily. No, I've throw down my slow left arm, left arm is at some point and bat down the order as, as I'm accustomed to. What number? You, what number would you bat, Grant? What number do you bat? I don't know. When oh, you're getting into my existential cricketer angst here, but I, I, I opened the batting when I played cricket because I had good. Defensive technique, but I, I struggled to score runs. And so Be an opener. But I was a very defensive opener. Okay, Grant Robertson, before we leave, is it true that the Basin Reserve might be having a name change? I was going to ask about that. Oh, it could be. Yes. yes. Women's sport. It could be. Yeah, has that been announced? No, it hasn't, but uh, Little Birdie told me that it had something to do with supporting women's sport. Am I, are we are we pointing in the right direction here? I think you could be on the right track, yes. Mm. Oh, okay. are we breaking a story here on Not Your Average Cricket Show? I knew that. Watch the space. Where are you? Which space are you in? <laughs> You're in Lords. <laughs> the Basin Reserve. Space. Oh, yeah, they go here. Yeah. All right, and what are you doing for the rest of the evening? Are you going to go and have a cup of tea and a lie down, or are you off to uh, celebrate, crash, crash, slash, commiserate? Yeah, would you believe that at um, 5.27 tomorrow morning, and it's, it's 10 o'clock ish, um, or 9 o'clock ish, sorry, no, 10 o'clock ish um, here. Yeah, 10 o'clock ish here. At 5.27 tomorrow morning, I'm catching a train to Liverpool. So I can go and watch the Silver Ferns play. Oh, good so, on you. That's going to be great. Um, so I'll get to see one of their games anyway, which will be really cool. So that's, I think, a cup of tea and a lie down. <laughs> is Maria Falau playing? <laughs> yes, Maria Falau is playing. Well, we won't talk about that either. Let's put that on the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Minister for Sport, Grant Robertson, thank you so much. Go and have a cup of tea and a lie down, and we'll talk to you again next season. Zoe, thank you. That was Minister for Sport, Grant Robertson. Oh, I always love having him on the show. He's such a huge cricket fan. Massive. Oh, great, isn't he? Wonderful. Yeah, Grant Robertson said in his tweet that it's about the way you play the game, and that's absolutely right. But congratulations to everybody who played in that final today. This was an extraordinary game of cricket and a really, really good Cricket World Cup, even setting aside the week where we couldn't play any cricket because it just rained the whole damn time. Mm. I can't remember a better World Cup than this one, and that includes 2015 and it includes 1992. This has been a great Cricket World Cup. It has, and, uh, and that's it for this season of Not Your Average Cricket Show. Thanks to Ian O'Brien, Ravinda Hunia, Karen O'Leary and the Minister for Sport, Grant Robertson.
And a big thank you to all the other guest hosts throughout the season. We've had Katie Martin, Shane Bond, Jeff Allett, Ben Strang, Sophie Devine, Anna Peterson, Sonia Gray, Maya Lewis and Brian Crump. And also a big thanks to all the local legends and of course to you because without you, cricket and not your average cricket show would not exist. And we've really enjoyed bringing you this season. I hope yeah. you've enjoyed it too. It's time for us, you know, Zoe's off to have a cup of tea and lie down. I'm just going to have a nap, I think. Yeah. And thank you, Justin. It's been amazing once again working with you on the show. And we hope we can bring you more next season. And shout out to William Saunders, who's been our engineer for this season and the previous season as well. You can subscribe to Not Your Average Cricket Show podcast at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Public, or at rnz.co.nz forward slash series. And it was produced by me, Justin Gregory, and Zoe George. As I say, the engineer is William Saunders, and the executive producer was Tim Watkin. While you're on Apple, please rate us by clicking on ratings and review, then the stars. It's dead easy and really important. This way, more people get to hear about us. Thanks once again. We really appreciate your support. You can stay in touch with us in the off-season through cricket at rnz.co.nz. Noho or Catch you later.